Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. The last few years, I've been looking for other challenges in my life, and I found that I've picked up on trekking, so I've done a few treks. And uh, I often tell people, people say, What's, what have you been doing? You must be doing heaps and heaps of training. I said, no, the, res- the way I, which I train for these treks is I train with my vacuum cleaner. And they go, you with your what? I said, yeah, what, I'd be nowhere without um, Dyson vacuum cleaners because <laughs> basically what I do is I just spend time doing what I call met minutes. So I did one particular trek where I looked at every day required four times the resting energy for every minute. And I did it for 360 minutes. So I worked out what my energy expenditure would be. That I cut that by half. And then I found everything around the house and just equated that with the same number of minutes. Your wife must have loved oh, she you. She loves me. That time, yeah, yeah she, since, the best, since I've discovered Mets and Met Minutes, her life has changed dramatically. So you're not out there doing VO2 intense anaerobic threshold. You, you've got the Dyson and you're hoovering up. I'm hoovering, I'm hoovering up a storm. And in fact, my grandson now has inherited it. Him and I hoover together. So we're now training for our next trek and we're doing it via our vacuum cleaner, our mop. Uh, we do heaps of sweeping as well, so our house is really clean. Which and this is, great. is on video. You're not you're not taking the piss. Like, <laughs> no, I'm and I, I know you. No, no. Uh, you never would have said this 15 years ago. If I'd come to you as a client and said, "Hey, Doctor Batman, I'm I'm doing Everest Base Camp, or I'm doing a yeah. trek Kilimanjaro," you would have had me doing high intensity exercise, hyperbaric stuff, weights. And now you're just saying, "Go get your vacuum cleaner," yeah. and yeah. Well, basically, I did. I went to those places and I did it basically on just things. I changed the way I do things in the home. I rarely drive my car. I walk as much as I possibly can. I sit and stand 50 times a day uh, and I find active leisure in anything I do. So if I go watch my grandkids play sport, I don't see it. I just keep moving. So just sit to stand 50 times a day. Let's stick into that. Yeah, it's interesting because I read a really interesting book on uh, space flight because I love flying. So, And one of the things that I came up... Do you stand? Uh, all the time. <laughs> That's you one do, of the problems with space flight. <laughs> In fact, there's, there's really significant dif- well, there's significant uh, similarities between astronauts and old men and inactive people because what they do is they misuse gravity. You know, the astronaut has oh, no yeah. choice, but the older person becomes more sedentary and the inactive person is very sedentary. So a lot of the problems that happen in spaceflight are also mirrored in the sort of things we do in sedentary life. So what they did in the, one of the key things that they've attempted to do in, get, in getting astronauts to come when they come back to Earth to get used to the gravity again was they would do intermittent standing from sitting in lying position. So every 15 minutes they would stand them up, walk a couple of minutes, sit them down. They did that 32, minute, uh, 32 times a day. Well, it makes sense because when people go to space for a long period of time, they're not doing weight-bearing activity so problems with bone density muscle wastage coordination balance and these are all of the things that happen with aging and also with sedentary lifestyle the worst thing to be is an older person who's inactive all right and you don't even have to be an astronaut for that but you'll get the similar sort of an effect sedentary versus inactive what's the difference well to, to me inactivity or being inactive is the absence of 30 to 60 minutes of moderate to vigorous exercise and people that are inactive are more likely to maintain gym membership or join a gym. Sedentary people are an entirely different breed, and this is what we're doing. We're actually breeding a population of sedentary people. And basically, they are people who spend an inordinate amount of time, generally more than 10 hours a day, in a sitting, lying uh, position, 
where their energy expended is no greater than one met. More than 10 hours a day during waking hours. During waking hours, yeah, sorry, yeah, waking hours, yeah. So what we're going to try and do, I think if we could reduce that 10 hours to less than six hours, that Mm. would make a significant difference to people's health and general fitness. And you can also have the active couch potato, right? Because we the all know these people. Like, and and I, I see this, and you've seen this, mate, for decades. Yeah, you talk to someone, yeah, I go to the gym three times a week. I go Monday, you go Wednesday, and I go Saturday morning before yeah. the kids' sport. And I go, what do you do the rest of the time? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> N-U-F-F-I-N. Good Aussie term, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is fantastic. <laughs> Nothing. But that's true. You can, be, you can be fit and you can still be unhealthy. Mm. Uh, because the thing that we now realise is that being sedentary is not the same as not going to the gym. So the active couch potato is basically that. It's a person who goes to the gym three to four times a week and does the right thing, which is fantastic. Let's, you know, we, we're not bagging that. We're saying that's great. But the reality is now we're finding that the sedentary periods that we spend, that eight, nine, ten hours, can undo many of the good things that you can do in the gym. So I want people to become active exercisers. Mm. And an active exerciser is someone that goes to the gym but is also active throughout their day with low to moderate intensity, multiple muscle contractions. And if you get the best of those two, then, then you know the world's your oyster. 10,000 steps or met? Because like, we know 10,000 steps, and we've spoken about this before, a lot of it goes back to the Tokyo Olympics and they introduced a pedometer to sell and make a whole lot of money to say you need 10,000 steps. Uh, Australian researchers about five, six years ago did some research on that and said, look, there is some science around this. You need at least seven to 8,000. We tell people in our corporate programs that Strive Stronger, get to 10,000 because it's a nice number. It it keeps them moving during the day. But I haven't asked you this. What what would you subscribe or do you do you still get people to count steps if they can't measure met? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the met concept is that there is a simple way of doing it, but it's probably beyond what we can talk about today. But you can relate all these things together. But if we look at the steps themselves, personally, I think 7,500 to 10,000 steps is good. If you look at the national recommendations, which is 30 minutes of exercise per day, that ends up being about 3,000 steps. So if you look at a lot of the research, they say inactive people are 3,000 steps or less, yet we're saying, well, if people do national recommendations, they're doing 3,000 steps. So personally, I think the 10,000 steps is really good to aim for. I look at what our body is designed to do. You know, we've got a 150,000-year-old body that hasn't really changed that much, mm-hmm. and it was brought up on anywhere between eight to 16,000 steps a day. So we're now saying, well, we have this body, but now we can just do 3,000 steps. And I'm saying, well, I don't see that. I think we should be doing the 8,000. But I'm a little bit different. I don't think you should do those 10,000 steps at any one time. I think they need to be broken up during the course Uh, of the day. I was going to ask you on this, yeah. Yeah, So I I would like to see people do 10,000 steps, if that's what they want. But I want them to go from a sitting to standing position anywhere between 30 and 50 times a day. And If you were to get up 30 times a day and walk for two minutes, you'd probably do five and a half thousand steps anyway yeah. and, and that's a big thing i took out of talking to you recently was to sit to stand yeah sit to I, stand I, I haven't been counting <laughs> i was wondering <laughs> do you have a little clock going yeah, 40, that's another one. 41 but, I, you know, i'm a, enough of a scientific loser when we catch up and <laughs> uh, without doing that but you get a fair guide like uh, apple watch i'm, I'm sure apple this watch, is what was yeah. closing the band absolutely and i mean you said a little alarm i mean it doesn't have to be stringent i think the theory and the philosophy behind it is the fact that
fact that we go from a seated position to a standing position, we double the number of METs. So we're doubly increasing the energy expenditure to start with. From sitting to standing recruits 100 muscles or more. That's significant. The number of neural pathways that are opened up just in that simple movement is also significant. And the cellular involvement is massive. So we never underestimate the fact that we move from a seated to a standing position. It's a transitional movement that our body's designed to do. We throw two minutes worth of activity in that into it. I call it a strolling mode because it doesn't have to be fast. You're going to cover probably 100 steps anyway, minimum, maybe even more. And then you sit down, your body relaxes. It's a form of interval training, but it just doesn't have the... So watch the cricket and get rid of your remote. Just, yeah, get rid of... And like, just, seriously, get up and... I, I actually don't think you can do that anymore on TVs. You, you can't, can't press it. It's got to be the remote. Every over, just get up and have a bit of a walk around and come yeah. back. Or at least stand anyway. But I, someone I know recently did it through the ads. So evidently the ad breaks are 15 minutes or 10 minutes per, uh, ads, per yeah. hour. So they just get it when the ads are on. Hi again, it's, hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including MatchFit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM Edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.